this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Comic Book Noise. I'm your host, Derek Howard. Comic Book Noise can be found at comicbooknoise.com and it's part of the Deliberate Noise Network. For more details, please go to deliberatenoise.com. <sighs> you know, um, I'm at home, but I'm outside in the backyard with the dogs, and I just realized I forgot my um, list of patrons. Um, so these are people who have donated to the show at, um, what was it, patreon.com? Anyway, if you go to deliberate, excuse me, if you go to comicbooknoise.com, on the right-hand side, you'll see a, um, a, uh, place where you can donate to the show. Um, and I will thank the patrons on the next episode, but this one has taken a really long time to, uh, to assemble, so... Um, without further ado, I'm going to talk about, uh, Superman. It was a, um, story from 2007, 2008. It's called Superman Brainiac, where they make Brainiac into an actual threat. Um, I'd like to point out that there are a lot of spoilers in this, uh, show. So if you don't want to know, you shouldn't listen. Thanks. Okay, so DC Universe, the um, oh, the online thing that DC does. It's uh, got comic books, it's got movies, uh, TV shows. Um, I love it. You know, uh, <laughs> it used to be when I was part of um, Marvel Unlimited. I said if DC does something like this, I'd be happy, right? And then DC said, okay, okay, we're going to call your bluff. And not only do they come out with something, they come out with something better. If DC, excuse me, if Marvel were able to put their TV shows and um, uh, movies along with with the Marvel Unlimited service, it would be better. But they have all that stuff, I believe, on Disney Plus, and there's no way. Disney Plus is going to say, well, hey, why why pay for one service when you can just pay for two? So, um, and I don't have Disney Plus, so at least not yet. I might get it later. Anyway, so um, they were sending an email um, obnoxiously. I want to say they sent like... No, you know what? I think I may have gotten three or four all in the same day because of three or four different um, email accounts, but they all came through the same way, so it just looked like, boom, they were spamming me. Um, And just to get it over with, because I'm going to sign up for it anyway, Um, I should tell you what it is. It's this thing called uh, DC Universe Rewards. No, yeah, DC Universe Rewards, I think. 
it's basically a, a points thing where you um you 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 earn points for doing things that pretty much you're going to do anyway. Um, you sign up for an account, you get some points. You um, what was it? You select an avatar, you get some points. You say who your favorite superheroes are, you get some points. You know, you read some stories, you get some points. Um, probably some other stuff. And I was actually going to uh, <laughs> do a, do an episode on that, but you know, I I got distracted. I uh, <laughs> I selected my avatar, which was. Um, Green Lantern, uh, John Stewart, and then uh, they asked me who my favorite superheroes are. So you know, Superman, um, Aquaman, and I think I selected Flash and possibly Green Lantern, or probably just Flash. I don't remember. Um, and so it came up with a bunch of um, recommendations based on that. And one of them, the one that just immediately jumped out at me for some reason, I don't know why, was uh, a Superman story from 2008 called Brainiac. I had never read it. Because around that time, I don't even know what was going on. But I wasn't reading Superman. You know, I barely remember um the jeff johns run you know this is him by himself with uh artwork by uh gary frank and i know that jeff johns i believe did a run with richard donner but this was not it this was something totally separate but anyway so i decided you know what I'm going to read that, and I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to do an episode on it. Um, and to tell you the truth, once again, I do not... Oh, I know why, because I'm looking at the ones that they gave me. They gave me a... Um, the Navy summons Aquaman to battle Ocean Masters, uh, Aquaman 29, from 1960. Five, I think. Um, Brave and the Bold, Evil Under the Sea. Batman aids Aquaman as Ocean Master and Black Manta team up in an assassination plot. Um, I have no interest in reading Batman stories, to tell you the truth. I, I, I may get back to them, but right now I'm just not interested. Then I could read... Superman Annual 11, um, which is for the man who has everything, by Alan Moore, which I've read numerous occasions. You know, and there's all the different um, adaptations of the story. And I just was like, no, what else you got? And then it just says Action Comics 886. I'm like, Action Comics 886? Why? why, why? Um, And then that's when I saw that this was part one of a Brainiac story. So I just I just clicked through on it. And then that's when I saw... Oh, eesh, didn't mean to do that again. Um, Superman Brainiac. You know, 
Uh, Brainiac, which they misspelled on the website. Brainiac comes to Metropolis to add to his collection in this action-packed story by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Um, so I said, sure, why not? You know. Um, and so I, like I said, I, I read each issue. It's five in total, um, and I took notes. So here we go. Whoops, did not mean to click on that. Anyway, so here we go. I am going to read the... What is this? This is uh, Action Comics 866. Now, this is the, um, I guess, synopsis that is on the website. And you are going to see that these things are very very um i don't want to say disingenuous or useless but there's an issue and, and you'll probably see what i mean um as i go on but anyway here it is decades ago krypton went to war with brainiac a cold and callous uh i wrote this down i'm not reading off the thing Hey, cold and callous alien obsessed with the control of knowledge. Superman believes he's faced Brainiac before, but he's about to learn the truth behind his close encounters as he heads down the road to his greatest triumph and greatest tragedy. Now, this thing, this story um, introduces Steve Lombard um, to this particular incarnation of Superman. And the Superman um, supporting cast. And it actually talks about the return of Cat Grant. Right? Um, now, <laughs> with all the different versions of the DC Universe, um, there are times when I don't know who came when. You know, but they said that this was the return of Cat Grant, um, who ended up going to California after the death of her son. Now, I remember her son dying, um, but like I said, sometimes you don't know what stories are still um, irrelevant and what aren't. So, it's, I hate to say, that, you know, the death of this child, it's a good thing that it's still relevant, but, you know, it kind of is a good thing because it lets me know what's what's going on i have some sort of familiarity with her um with her story from that time you know because i remember when cat grant was introduced by john byrne i believe way back when everybody was like why why you why do we need a gossip columnist but then after a while you know she just became sort of like a foil for um for Lois Lane, because you know Lois Lane is this uh, authentic reporter who cares about the facts, and then you have this um, this gossip columnist, you know. And gossip columnists, columnists, they don't usually go by uh, a double-sourced material, you know. But uh, yeah, anyway, um. Here are the notes that I took. Um, I'm gonna go off that. I should say, you know, I'm not a big fan about how Gary Frank draws Clark slash Superman 
in this thing because sometimes he looked like um, Christopher Reeve. Yeah, Christopher Reeve. Um, and other times he doesn't. You know, it's just like, uh, I mean, he doesn't turn into George Reeves or anything. Or, um, oh God, Brandon Ralph. He just, he looks like a comic book version of Superman. And then, you know, something will happen. And then the next panel, he'll look like Christopher Reeve. And it's like, no, just, just don't, you know. I, I understand that they want to make a connection because the, the Superman that most people know is not uh, Cavill or was a Hochin or anybody else. It's Christopher Reeve. He, he is Superman in the eyes of a lot of people, you know. But the man's been dead for what? About fi- at least 15 years, right? Um, maybe? I don't know. Let me, let me see. Let me put this on pause for a second and check that out. Okay, yeah, it was uh, 16 years ago. Um, October 10th, 2004. And as this recording, it is May 9th, 2020. Um, yeah, so that, that, that sort of disappointed me. You know, I like Superman to look like Superman. Superman doesn't need to look like an actor when he's being drawn, okay? Um, especially, I hate to say this because I know that drawing a portrait or an image of a person is kind of difficult. Uh, but it seems almost like cheating. You know, I mean, we've had decades and fun decades of what Superman, what, how DC wants Superman to look. But then every now and then you throw in Christopher Lee. I, I, I just, I just don't like that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and then there was a subplot with Jonathan Kent, you know, uh, and I, I even wrote here, you know, uh, throwing the subplot with Jonathan Kent where you knew how it was going to end. You know, I mean, you know how this is going to end. You start reading it and it gets all sappy, you know, this is my father, 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 you know, um, his wife's telling him, hey, you should wait for Clark to help you. It's all I can do this. It's like, oh boy, he's dead. You know, (laughs) I thought that from the very beginning, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and it, it, it kind of bothers me because there's no reason to keep killing off either of the Kents. Because they have been shown that they could be interesting characters. You know, they're not going to um, have their own title or uh, their own TV show or, or blockbuster movies. But there's no reason to kill them off every time, you know. And I think it's kind of interesting that the people who kill off Jonathan Kent are usually Hollywood people. And Jeff Johnson is a Hollywood guy, you know. Um, I don't know, it's just weird that they always, <laughs> they always go for that, right? I'm not going to say that, wait a minute. No, because uh, years and years and years ago, before Crisis, um, they killed off the Kents. But since then, um, John Byrne showed, yeah, you can use these characters, you know. But every time he turns around, it's like, okay, well, Jonathan, you've breathed your last breath. Anyway, so I actually like the issue. Um, 
I said little quibbles with it, but it was a pretty good setup for the rest of the story. Um, <laughs> he sees this thing, he's like, oh, there's Brainiac. Oh, I beat you, Brainiac. And then comes the next issue. Okay, Action Comics 867. Now, I do want to point out something that I thought was funny. All right, It's a five-part story. But I don't think they expected it to be a five-part story because uh, 66 issue I just talked about was pretty much part one of four. And then it was one, excuse me, then it's two of four, and three of four, then four of five, <laughs> and then conclusion. So I, I thought that was funny. But anyway, um, eight, six, Action Comics 867, part two of the Brainiac story. Brainiac arrives in Earth's orbit as the specter of death begins to close in on Superman. The Man of Steel has fought Brainiac many times before, but he's utterly unprepared for his old foe this time. And if that weren't enough, thousands of invader probes have been launched with the sole mission of destroying all technology on Earth. Dramatic changes are ahead for Superman, and it all starts with this attack. All right. And the very first thing that they did was they showed Superman and Supergirl taking a look at Brainiac who was defeated at the end of the last issue. All right. And I forgot to mention at the beginning of last issue pretty much showed um, the kidnapping of Kandor. Um, and it ended with the, with the defeat of Brainiac. And then this issue, one of the first things Charles says is, yeah, that's not Brainiac. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this, I fought him before, you know? Um, and then, since Kara is the one who actually um, had the, 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 the earliest um, interaction with Brainiac, she not only tells, you know, because Superman tells to tell her, oh, yeah, I've, I've run into Brainiac many times before. He tried to take over the mind of this guy named Milton Fine, and he always sends down these things. But this is Brainiac, and she's like, "No, that's not Brainiac. This is a probe." <laughs> you know, she's the one who's explaining to him. And to his credit, Clark doesn't say, "Ah, yeah, 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 you silly ass female, you don't know what you're talking about." He's like, "Huh? What? Explain." And he had questions, and she followed up, and she gave him. You could tell that they were working together, right? And because she's uh, a teenage girl. She actually looked at parts like she was drawn as a teenage girl, right? Um, he, she, you know, she, she, she was scared, you know, because this is like the boogeyman, you know. Brainiac is what, what did she say? Brainiac's a story parents would tell us so that we wouldn't go out at night. That kind of stuff, and I, I actually like that. I like that idea. Um, and she gets scared. And, you know, he's hugging her and he's saying, you know, calm down, calm down. And she's like, you know, sometimes I, was, I wish I was like you where I didn't have these memories of Krypton. That way it wouldn't affect me that much. And he had this look on his face like, well, damn, she's making it seem like I don't care. That's what she's thinking. All right, that squeaking noise, by the way, is my dog with a squeaky toy. So, sorry about that. All right, now... In the middle of the story, there's like this four-page segment with Clark and his parents, the Kents. And Jonathan Kent is showing him 
all these mementos that he saved of his son over the years, you know. Like the first time Clark actually hit a, a, a baseball and it flew on the other side of town and he went every day for months to try to find it, you know. Or when he uh, outran the, the truck for the very first time, um, Jonathan, still, Jonathan still has those torn up shoes, you know, stuff like that, little heart-wrenching stuff. And Clark takes this, um, this uh, uh, horseshoe, you know, which is weird because I don't ever recall seeing any horses on their land, in their land, but okay, well, Daryl guess you don't need to have a horse to have a horseshoe just laying around. But he uses his heat vision to write uh, World's Greatest Dad. And he handed it to Jonathan as he disappears. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, if I didn't already think that he, he was going to kill off Jonathan Kent, yeah, this seals it. That's exactly what I wrote. I said, yeah, this seals it. Um, you know, maybe I missed it, but... In this story, I didn't see any um, invader probes launched with the sole purpose of destroying all technology on Earth. You know, and I actually looked, tried to find them. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what they were talking about with that. Um, but like I said, sometimes these, these so-called synopsises for these issues are just wrong, or they, um, well, <laughs> you'll see. All right, Action Comics 867, part three of the Brainiac story. Now, I just said that the synopsis is, well, you'll see. Well, there you go. Against everyone's advice, Superman has journeyed to the deepest reaches of space to initiate contact with an alien being he thought he knew, Brainiac. But after learning the truth behind Brainiac's existence and his plans for Earth, Superman may regret his decision. That's what happened in the last issue. <laughs> you know, it's like, and this is not billed as a story so far. This is supposed to be a synopsis of the current issue when it's not a synopsis of the current issue. All right. Um, now, there's a. Once again, um, there's something that I didn't like. Right? Um, and this is not, by the way, a negative review of the whole storyline. Now, the spoiler alert. Did I give a spoiler alert at the beginning? That's happening. Um, I enjoyed it. Overall, I enjoyed the whole thing. But I'll get to that when I wrap it up. So, a lot of these may seem like I'm just picking at nits. But uh, these are the notes that I took while I was reading. All right. um, Supergirl visits the Daily Planet and points out Cat Grant's boob job. Right. To me, that whole segment, it wasn't really funny. It seemed kind of needless. Uh, and as I'm reading it, and as it just bugs me, it made me think back to this issue of Titans. Um, it was written by Devin Grayson. And Robin was going... Nightwing, I'm sorry. Nightwing was going back to his apartment. And he thought... Oh, you know, maybe I should go to that place to get a Cuban sandwich. And I remember that just bugged me because it was just such a meaningless detail that was just thrown in there, you know. And I had people who said to me after I said this, 
why did that bug you so much? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like Cuban sandwiches are good. And between that and now, I have had Cuban sandwiches, and Cuban sandwiches are very good. However, it seemed needless. You know, I mean, all these years later, and I'm still talking about the damn Cuban sandwich, right? That was needless. To me, this part where Supergirl is looking at Cat Grant's chest and noticing there's some strange plastic. It's like, okay, that, that seems needless, you know? But I immediately thought, I wonder if Eddie Berganza was working at the book at that time, you know? If he was like the guy in charge of the, the Superman part. But apparently he wasn't, or at least I didn't see anything where he was. Um, because maybe that would, like, explain it. You know, Jeff Johns was, and the, um, the editors were just trying to get a laugh out of that one guy. Um, because it does happen. Um, I'm a wrestling fan, you know. And there's a lot of stuff that WWE does that, you know, is quote-unquote funny. But they just do it so that Vince McMahon, the big boss, will laugh at it, you know. I thought, okay, maybe something was going on here, but it wasn't. Apparently, it's just something that Jeff Johns decided needed to be added, right? Like I said, I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was needless. But then again, I don't really like a whole lot of needless details slapped into my comic book stores. It's just me, right? Um, that said, I did like how they gave Brainiac an actual motivation for um, abducting all these different cities and all these different uh, individuals outside, of course, the collector mentality, <laughs> you know, of getting the single issues and the trade, or get the single issues and the hardcover and the soft cover and any other kind of special edition. It comes out 25 years later as well as getting a digital copy because you don't want to mess up your physical copies, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that I've done that. But I do understand it. Okay. Um, and I also like the way they, how buff they made him. Okay, because when you see um, Brainiac, he really is a throwback to being drawn by Kurt Swan, or when he was uh, Pulsar Stargrave in uh, Legion Superheroes, you know? Um, Mike Grell, did I say? Or did I say Kurt Swan? Well, yeah, Kurt Swan, because Kurt Swan used to draw him the way, you know, that he was, he was actually, he had a build the same as Superman, right? Um, then they got away from that over the years. Uh, so, so I like the way that he was, no, he's a big dude, right? Um, <laughs> and one of the things I have written down is I'm not a fan of how they implied that he had something to do with the destruction of Krypton. Um, but it seems like everybody has a hand in the destruction of Krypton, which I'll talk about in a little while. Part 4, Krypton's greatest adversary has set his sights on Superman and his homeworld as his endless quest for absolute 
knowledge continues. That's a lot of his in that sentence. Okay. Uh, but the horrors within Brainiac's ship are nothing compared to the alien behind it. Super, Superman's world is about to change. Once again, that's what happened last issue. Okay, you saw the actual horrors that were on the um, on Brainiac's ship in the previous issue. You saw all these other um, individuals who were being uh, kept in pods. You know, you saw the cities. It, it was really kind of spooky looking, and that's what happened last issue, you know? Anyway, uh, this had... The controversial soda pop cover. Now, apparently, when they originally did this cover, it was a picture of Clark and Jonathan Kent uh, having a nice father-son moment. They're leaning on the uh, on the fence that Martha has been harping on for the past couple of issues, um, and they're just drinking a couple of beers and just talking father-son. The ladies are back on the porch, just looking at them and smiling. You know. Because that's just, they're trying to go, I guess, for this uh, stereotypical rural um, imagery, you know. But somebody took one look and said, well, Superman wouldn't drink a beer. He'd drink a soda pop, right? So apparently they got rid of the word beer and they put soda pop. I don't know exactly who did it, who the letterer was who did it. Or maybe it was an inker, but it looks horrible. <laughs> you know, because there's one thing if you look at a bottle, the words sort of curve, but these just seem kind of flat. I mean, they could have had somebody like, take the time to actually draw in the word solder pop, and which is a, an established brand in the DC universe. Solder pop, S O D E R, solder pop. But this just says soda pop. You know, which, let's face it, nobody's going to drink something that says soda pop unless, of course, this is the Repo Man world. But anyway, um, there, there are a couple of battles on the actual pages. And I really like the way that they let Kara and Clark just cut loose. Right. Um, they realize that these are. Uh, that these are, are drones and these are are. Um, are, are robots they're non-living and they're, they're not sentient beings so they can actually fight them you know and they, they don't have to hold anything back which let's face it that's what they normally have to do anyway so i, I kind of like that kind of what they showed it you know that these two aren't playing especially car they really let her go loose because she knows what to expect um she's seen what brainiac has done in the past and she doesn't want this to happen to another world. So I, I really, really like that. Um, however, when they had all those different bottles, at first I thought it kind of sucked <laughs> that Clark only cared about Kandor and didn't really care about any of the other captives on the ship. And I thought, you know, maybe he can't save everybody. But there was a part where he did yell at them. Um, I'm going to come back for you. I promise. You know, which is a Superman thing to do. Whether or not he did it, I don't exactly know. They didn't cover that in this story. But I did like that he thought about it. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, 
I did like the the family reunion um, with uh, uh, oh Zorel and Alara. Um, and I like the reveal behind how Argo City survived. Uh, it, it, it made sense. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of like that. Um, however, I'm not a fan when they get to the reveal of the destruction of Krypton Sun. Okay. Because I always thought it was Krypton that blew up, not Krypton Sun, which did everything. And there had to be, off the top of my head, four different ways the Krypton was destroyed and why Clark had to leave, right? Um, there was internal pressures. Um, there was a black sun, I believe it was, the terrorist who set off a bomb. There's... Uh, that guy had been dismayed up <laughs> and his man of steel. Is that man of, was it called man of steel? Yeah, but he made up and he had like a huge fork or something. He blew up the world. And now this, you know, there's, there's four different ways. You know, this one is the sun blew up. I'm, make up your mind, please. You know, <laughs> it's like every time somebody decides, hey, we're going to change. We're going to retell the the story of a major hero and we're going to tweak it and all these different tweaks just <sighs> for example you think about Batman right who killed his parents was this some nameless guy or was it Joe Chill then it was Joe Chill and he caught Joe Chill but then he went back to being some nameless guy now it's like I don't care maybe it was a murder suicide did they ever look into that uh, anyway, um, yeah, so, there's that, that's part four, <laughs> and I don't know if I mentioned it, but it went from, uh, it was one of four, two of four, three of four, uh, four or five, so, I think I did mention that, I don't know, I'm actually recording these little segments, like, in some cases, days apart. So, anyway. Alright, part five. Superman versus Brainiac with everything at stake. No longer content to simply eradicate Superman, Brainiac is determined to destroy Earth like so many other planets he's left in his wake. But Brainiac's ship is full of bottles, inside of which some surprise guest stars lurk. You know, that's what happened in our last issue. Uh, and while hope may blossom on Brainiac's ship, there's one life even the Man of Steel can't save. Jonathan Hint. Um, I said this <laughs> towards the beginning of this episode, end of the storyline. I'll, I'll keep saying it. I don't know why they keep killing off the Kents, you know? Every time you turn around, um, Superman has to suffer the loss of a loved one, you know? As if losing his whole planet wasn't good enough, they also have to send him to Earth where he has to lose at least one of his parents. Constantly. I, I, I don't get it, you know? 
I mean, I, I remember reading some idiot who said that the reason he has to lose his parents, and I think this is way, way, way before they kept doing it every single time, but the reason he had to lose his parents was um, in order to humanize him. They didn't think that people could uh, relate with him because he can't really feel pain, you know, it's emotional pain. And what's the biggest emotional pain? Well, the second biggest emotional pain is the loss of a parent. Sorry, but the first is the loss of a child. Sorry, you know. Um, you know, and, and in order to, to do that, they have to, in order to humanize him, they have to make sure that he loses a parent, you know. Meanwhile, Batman, in order to humanize him, they give him a sidekick, you know. <laughs> when one sidekick starts to get older, just give him another one, you know. It's Brat Pack all over again, you know. And it's, it's weird because when it comes to Wonder Woman, they give her um, somebody to have a crush on her, you know. At least that's what it seems like. It says, oh, you know what? She's not really relatable. I know. Let's give somebody a, an unrequited love for her. Okay, all right, whatever. You know, it's just like with um, with Aquaman. He has to lose his crown. You know how the fuck that humanizes him? I don't know. I mean, how many of us have crowns? You know, <laughs> oh, I lost this crown. You know, <laughs> I lost my job. I mean, that humanized uh, like some of the Marvel characters. You know, um, I'm thinking of one in particular who's always having trouble. Uh, making ends meet because he's going around being a freelance photographer who's always getting fired. But you know, with Aquaman, it's like, yeah, we're gonna get rid of your whole kingdom, you know. And of course, I think the biggest one is probably Flash. Every time they want to humanize Flash, he loses his speed, <laughs> you know, or what they're doing on the, the Flash television show as of this recording. He has lost access to the speed force, you know, which, you know, is weird because there was no speed force before Mark Wade said, hmm, let's have him tap into something. What about a, a force for speed? You know, I don't know. Anyway, um, one thing that I did like about the final battle between um, Superman and Brainiac is... <laughs> He fought, he fought dirty, <laughs> you know, I mean, usually they want to make, um, the writers want to make, uh, an example, um, by having Superman outsmart his opponents. I mean, he's been doing that with Mitsubishi for years, you know, um, he's even outsmarted Luthor on occasion just to show that he's not all muscle that he is, you know, that he has some, some, some smarts to him. But this time, you know, he's against the smartest being pretty much in all of the universe. So what did they say? Let's, all right, fuck it. You know what, Brainiac? I'm going to kick you in the nuts and push your face in the mud, <laughs> which is pretty close to what he did. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I want to show that I'm not all brawn. But guess what? I am brawn. You know, I like that. You know, um. It's because, you know, a lot of smart guys, <laughs> and I've seen this, 
<laughs> in my personal life. A lot of smart guys never expect for uh, somebody to fight dirty. You know, they always act um, superior, you know, until they get smacked in the mouth. And then all of a sudden, and if you've ever seen a smart guy get the shit smacked out of him, it's always the same thing, right? They always have this look on their face like, what the fuck just happened? And then as they're down on the ground, picking up their glasses or their teeth, they always like, yeah, I knew that I knew you would resort to violence. You know, and when somebody says, I knew you'd resort to violence and they're down on their knees, let's kick them in the fucking ribs. Just say, yeah, you're right. Boom. Kick them again. Anyway. Um, but <laughs> it did crack me up. <laughs> you know, because at first, I think, I can't remember, but I think he like poked him in the eye or something, you know. Um, but then when they leave the ship, <laughs> he, he puts um, Brainiac's face like in the filth. And Brainiac's like, oh, what is this? Uh, which, which I'm not going to lie. It made me laugh. All right. So that's the fuck you get, Brainiac. Anyway, um, towards the end, Brainiac ship fires uh, a missile or something at the uh, the Kents and uh, at the Kents' house, and Jonathan knocks Martha down, saving her life. You know, and they think, oh, okay, well, maybe they won't. But then, as she's like, oh, Jonathan, he grabs his arm. He's like, oh heart attack and then he falls out and she's yelling Clark and Clark is just standing there because I forgot he had stopped something and he was standing there looking like haha I'm the hero and then he heard his mother crying and then he rushes to her side and uh yeah fade to black you know Jonathan can't dead again um overall I like the storyline I really I thought it, I thought it was a strong start I thought that it uh, kept up action and action and human, not human, um, humor. It was action. It was humor. It was a, a touch of humanity throughout the whole thing. I really enjoyed it. There was no real dead spots. Um, I always thought that that Brainiac was sort of underrated as a threat. You know, I mean, even though he always starts shit when he shows up, he, like he's about to take over the earth. He has all these, uh, these, these, whoa, 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 God, what was the name of that one? Um, it's years ago. Uh, this is going to kill me, but I can't remember. But, um, he was going to take over the earth and all the heroes had to band together to fight him. Um, and that, and so it's it's kind of weird that he's like one of the top Superman villains, but for me to still say that he's underrated, it's like he's underrated as a threat. You know, he doesn't hardly ever see be seen as a as a worldwide threat. Panic from the panic in the sky. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, but there are times like this time they showed that. Uh, yeah, he he's, he's he's not just some some little green guy from outer space, you know. This there's a reason why he is a threat. There's a reason why he is 
one of Brainiac's, uh, excuse me, one of Superman's biggest foes, you know. Some people put him on par with, um, with Lex Luthor because, you know, you have these two smart guys and they are always trying to outthink Superman. Um, well, yeah, but, you know, you know Superman's going to win, but it's always like how he's going to win. And this time there was a real big threat, and that was Brainiac, and it was actually really good. You know, like I said, it's a very fast-paced story. Um, there's some things that piss me off, but I went over those. But I'll tell you right now, the strengths far outweighed uh, the weaknesses. Um, yeah, so if you have not read it, uh, it I don't know if it's been collected, but I do know that it's on DC Universe. I enjoyed it. I think you will too. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. Um, I pre- appreciate it. Uh, I really liked it. I think I already have an idea for what I'm going to do for the next episode. So until then, thanks for um, being here and listening to me make a lot of noise. A lot of comic book noise. Take it easy. Oh, my God.